Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is season season six six of of Better Let Me Tell You. to see an Eartha Kit Bruno Tolioni interaction. I mean, we would have to bring her back from Mahaya, but, you know, stranger things have happened. If anybody could do it just to host Dancing with the Stars, it's Eartha Kit. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to episode 272 <laughs> of Pero. Let me tell you, yes. how is everybody today? I think everybody's doing well. It is a, yeah, it's the weekend, but more importantly, it is your birthday weekend. It is my birthday weekend. Yes. It is my birthday weekend. Before we get to my birthday weekend, I just wanted to... I just want to say, because you know everybody's going to be asking about the cake next I week. Do, I don't. But before that, I just I want to finish up what we were talking before we started recording about Eartha Kid. So I, you know, for you listeners who don't know Eartha Kid, look up Eartha Kid. You you know somebody watch Emperor's New Groove. You I know mean, something that she's been in. Yeah. I I mean I I I knew who she was and in so far as that like I had had I recognized her name right 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 and I know that she was Catwoman but I didn't know too much about Eartha Kit right and then when I watched the Emperor's New Groove I'm like okay what is this hilariousness <laughs> I mean <laughs> how are we missing out Kronk, so I never long. liked your spinach puffs <laughs> never why do we even have that never <laughs> I love her I, I love my my favorite thing she says in the Emperor's New Groove is like. Ooh, I have a plan. I'm going to put them in a box and put them in another box and put them in another box. And then I'm going to mail it to myself. And when it arrives out the door, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash, smash it with, with a hammer. hammer. But first, <laughs> no, but to save on postage, <laughs> I will poison him with this extract of llama. <laughs> we could go on. Right. The emperor's the poison, new group. The poison for Cusco. Right. The emperor's new group people who. If you haven't watched, if you've watched that movie, you know. Yes. It's a, if you know, you the know. Of it, yeah. But if you haven't watched The Emperor's New Groove, like go out and watch it on you Disney know, Plus you, or you whatever. You know the story of that movie, right? Yeah, you told me that it started off. It was going to be something about like the Aztec Empire. That movie was supposed to be like this big, sweeping, beautiful, like Aztec drama. No sé qué cosa. Sting was brought in. You know how the, like the end song is Sting. Uh-huh. He had written the music. Or, <laughs> there's an entire documentary of this because part of the agreement was that his wife was going to do a documentary following the, following the process of him writing for the animation and how it's made. So there's a whole documentary. I think it's even on YouTube that just shows how this thing just went off the rails. To say it, no, no, it, it was didn't wonderful. go off the rail. It went down the mountain into like a river. Yes, and it know. was wonderful because that it, it's funny because the Emperor's new groove. It does not Empire feel like, of the Sun. I think is what it, it, was it doesn't feel like a Disney movie at all. At it feels all. very like DreamWorks. I remember when that movie came out; like it didn't do well in the box office. No, so no, I don't no, think no. so. I mean, and I, I remember I didn't even really pay much attention to it. And then one day, I don't know if it was on TV or on cable, that I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it was, it's Wonderful. so funny. It just has so many good like one-liners. And I mean, it's it's about Eartha Kit. I like, mean, it really is. At the end of the day, <laughs> it's all about Eartha. I love the part where she tries to go to um this to uh Dan's house, John uh, uh, house, Pacha, to his house, and, and he's like, "I'm his aunt," <laughs> and his daughter's like, "You mean the great 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 great?" <laughs> it's just great. People watch Emperor's New Groove. Yes, watch yes, it, watch, watch it. it. So. Yes, my birthday weekend is here. Yes. So and you as, know what everybody's going to be asking. As you listeners know, um, my birthday cake debacle every year is... It, at this point in time, it's turned into like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, because... It's become a bit without becoming a bit. Yes. It's, it's sort of like what I always tell people. You know, there's so many moments in life that it's 500 Days of Summer. You know, the, the part of the movie, if you've seen 500 Days of Summer... When Tom goes to the party and the screen splits oh, into reality yes. versus expectation. Yes, 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 yes. For so many years, I would send my parents like pictures and screenshots of the cakes that I wanted. And then what I ended up got, getting was completely different. So different. I was just telling Ish. You just showed me. I just showed him a picture. One of the best, best cake fails. But at the moment, it was a cake fail. But now it's a win. It's like. It's given us a, a it's story. greatness. Yeah. Was the year. That for my birthday, and, and I have the picture, and I showed Ish, my mom got me for my birthday a Christmas wreath cake. So it was like a, it was like a bundt cake. Yeah, you know, yeah. decorated like a, a wreath with like the little, those little plastic light bulbs. And it, and it had like little like shimmer, like gold. Yes, yeah. That yeah. she bought at Publix. Yeah. And what we can't figure out, <laughs> my birthday's in October. How does she get get this yeah because this wasn't even like yeah no. this was way back this was like day. i was in my yeah. 20s right so this it was, was a few years ago right so this was back when christmas christmas didn't start until end of thing uh, right. of november right but even but, now that everything is early you, you still don't see christmas yeah. stuff i mean maybe like a costco or something yeah, yeah. but at Publix, they don't have christmas stuff which one i don't care and 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 also i'm like at the middle of october literally the 15th so, like it couldn't get more middle so it's not like bueno <laughs> 
my birthday is like October 30th. Right, 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 They're right, right. itching to take out the Christmas stuff, right? No, no And case. we don't understand how my mom got me. And I know that my mom didn't special order the cake from Publix because she doesn't know how to. Um, Especially back then. Because it, it was harder. It was You couldn't even just go online. It was You had to actually physically go and, and right, do the whole process. Right, because my mom's going to go online now to no, order No, no, but, but I'm saying but, but I'm, but I'm saying it, 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 there was more steps that were necessary. We're talking about my parents. That's true. My parents aren't going to go online That's to order true. the cake. That's true. Whatever. Your mother's favorite singer is Paris Hilton. No, <laughs> you gotta tell that story. It's uh, we haven't had a good my parents That's story true. in a while. That's true. Okay, so this so listen, this actually happened. I think it was last weekend. So we had a pop up at Shojo's Dojo, which by the way we're doing a ticketed event there on October twenty fourth. Uh, go to their IG and buy your tickets. And we're doing karage, which is Japanese fried yes. chicken. It's some good it's stuff. So, so good. And there's only twenty five tickets. Ten as of this recording have already been sold. So yeah, you have your warning. So. You know, I'm here. You had already gotten here, but you were upstairs. So I'm in the kitchen getting stuff ready, and your parents were here because they had picked up Tristan. And they're watching Primerin Pac... No, Rojo Vivo. One of those afternoon yeah. shows. And the day before had been the Latin Billboard Awards. So, of course, you know, it was on Telemundo. The show was all talking about all the fashion and who was they're there. doing the recap. The recap. You know, your usual entertainment recap, right? Great. God knows why Paris Hilton was at the Latin Billboard Awards, but she was. So, of course, being Paris Hilton, the anchors who were covering the event obviously had to grab her to do a little like, oh, Paris, gracias por venir, and, you know, type of thing. Without missing a beat, the minute Paris Hilton comes on screen, your mother, I swear to everything that I hold dear, because you weren't there, this is exactly how it happened. <coughs> she, without missing a beat, just goes, ay, pero que lindo canta ella. <laughs> And I, w- I feel like I even looked at the screen again because I was like, maybe there was somebody standing behind right, Paris yeah, Hilton, something. right? Like maybe Adele was there too, yeah. right? Or something, you know, or I don't know, anybody. And your father was like, pero si Hilton no canta. <laughs> and your mom is like, I see, pero ella tiene una voz lindísima. And your father then just like, pero si es que ella no hace nada. Ella no canta, ella no hace nada. And, and then they were kind of going back and forth. And at a certain point, I'm just standing back. I'm just like, let me just let this play out and see where this goes, right? Because maybe she'll say, like, her favorite comedic actress is Nicole Richie. Yeah. Like, I don't know where this is going, right? Yeah. So after a back and forth, I kind of pipe in a little bit. I'm like, bueno, no. Ella, bueno, ella sí, ella sacó un disco hace años atrás, tú sabes. And your dad's like, sí, pero ese disco no hizo nada. Ella, ella no es cantante, no es nada. And I feel like your mother at that point kind of felt like she started questioning herself, right? Because she kind of took a step back and she's like, Ay, pero entonces, ¿en quién yo estoy pensando? <laughs> and you know what would have been the, the best I, part of that story? If my mom did know that she was talking about Paris Hilton and she loves Stars Are Blind. I think that she does but I think your mother felt embarrassed that everybody was questioning her love of Paris Hilton's voice and she was like a little embarrassed and she's like oh who was I thinking of then but I think your mother because meant exactly you know what? what she said exactly. with my mom's trajectory of loving like Boney M and right. all these types of music Stars Are Blind has a little bit of like dance yeah, hall reggae it could vibe like my mom totally loved stars are blind i think she does oh no for sure i think she does and i think that she knew exactly who she was talking about <laughs> and exactly what she was saying but she felt a little embarrassed i'm glad that you witnessed those little things because even though wonderful. you've known my parents for about a thousand years now <laughs> and you know everything about them like it's always good when you witness it on your own. those things like yeah like, you, yeah yeah, that yeah. You, you see it like it's picked. It's been a week and i'm still laughing about it like i have got like there have been moments in the week where i've just stopped and been like 
Neri loves Paris Hilton. Yeah. And then my father being a rey de la farandula, <laughs> because my dad loves celebrity gossip. He loves it. <laughs> he really does. You know, um, my I think my dad is still not over Nick and Jessica breaking up. My dad loves celebrity gossip. And then he'll be like, no, pero que yo lo sé porque yo lo veo por televisión. I'm like, right, because you're watching the show about it. I think, honestly, I think that your cousin Roger should use his connections to get your dad to fill in as the co-host on Gold de la Flaca whenever Raúl de Molina's out. It's not there. Yeah. So it could be Roberto y Lili. Y Lili. Yeah. That'd be kind of awesome. That'd be, that'd be great. Can you imagine? I think he'd do a great job. My dad has like a, a third act career Why not? in like entertainment. Listen, how old was Estelle Getty when she, you know, when she had her resurgence with the Golden Girls, right? And, and why not? Listen, I love, I love justice you, for Roberto I love that you looked at the TV and you were like, I don't know, maybe Adele was there. I don't, Eddie, I don't know. Like, who else could have been behind her, right? Like, anyone. I don't know, Maria Guardia. Like, I don't like anybody but Paris Hilton. But it was Paris Hilton. It was Paris Hilton. It was Paris Hilton. It was Paris Hilton. It was, uh, you know something? Something I wanted to uh, mention because it's one of those things that, you know, when somebody mentions something or says something, mm -hmm. then you start noticing it everywhere. Yes, yeah. Like when you buy a car and you start noticing. Yes. That you're right. You actually said something a couple of weeks ago. I think it was here on one of our episodes that a very common term they're using now in English is saying, oh, she ate it. Oh, yeah. She ate it. She left no crumbs. Yeah. Right. He yeah. ate it. Yeah, they yeah. ate yeah. it. Yeah. She ate it. We've been saying that for years. Kids. And I'm like, now I see it everywhere. And I'm like, um, I feel that as a Spanish speaking Latin person, I deserve royalties. Yeah. Stop appropriating my culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Because we've been saying that for years. I mean, like, oye, te la comiste. That is so part of our yeah. language. Yeah. And I, I feel it's very Caribbean. Um, it is. Yeah. Very Caribbean. Spanish, it is. Yeah. I, I, I don't hear other Latin like Americans. Like Central say South it. American. I don't hear it very much. Yeah. yeah. But like Caribbean folk. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. right. That's such a part of our the way we speak. Te la comiste. Yeah. And te la comiste, you could say it both in negative and positive. Yes. Depending on the tone. Right. Oye, te la comiste. When you mess up. Right. Or like when you do or, a great thing, it's like, And now people are like, oh, she ate it up. And I'm like, Beyonce it's, ate it up. I'm like, Beyonce se la comió. Yes, thank you. Let's say it correctly. Beyonce se la comió. And, and yes, you're appropriating. My culture. My Give culture. Where's my royalties? Where's Give my royalties? Where's my petition? But I see it everywhere now. It is. It's everywhere now. Everywhere. She ate it. She ate it. You know. Like, oh yeah, they ate it. They left. They left no crumbs. Yeah. We should be like Caribbean folk eating it since the 20th century. <laughs> see, <laughs> since eating, the 1900s. Eating it since before Instagram. Yeah. Since the 1900s. Yeah. Since that. So. Uh, long ago, oh, I yeah. um I actually wanted to give a little uh you know my uh, anecdotes um, yes yes and this happened this week but of course like anything else that we do now when something happens I always think like oh show <laughs> you have to right? save it so I was you know in my daily morning Seven Eleven run oh, and your bando uno yes and um and this lady comes in uh, una americana. She obviously didn't speak Spanish. Okay. And she was asking the guy at the counter something about her pump, about the gas pump. Okay. And she she actually came in because the gas, I guess the credit card thing wasn't working. Oh, so she had to go in. So she go, or, or maybe she, she was having trouble with it. Mm -hmm. And she went in to say, oh, can I pay it here? So it was it was it was a question a line of questioning that was related to what they do there. Okay. And the guy looked at her like she was speaking alien. 
And he even said, ¿Pero qué quiere ella? To the other lady that worked there who doesn't really speak English either. Right. So I interjected. And I'm like, no, ella quiere saber. Ella está diciendo que no están dando la tarjeta de crédito si lo puede pagar ahí. Which she proceeded to pay it there. And then she looked at me, the lady, and she's like, oh, thank you so much. Right, right. You know, she was actually a very good spot. Right, right, she's right. like, I try. She's like, I always tried to learn Espanol, but I wasn't able to. God bless. Right. But my whole thing was, and, you know, it's something we always talk about on our show, which is the essence of our show is, you know, the, the duality of, you know, living in Miami that yes it's the United States but is it you know and you know the unofficial official language of Miami is Spanish and everybody here speaks Spanish and we always say that but you know it was one of these situations where I was like okay I'm 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 trying to look this from the outside in and taking my own bias away is that really right you know well if you weren't there Right. And she had a question. So so that was like I was going to pose to you. Do you think that there's certain areas and certain places? And this was in the middle of like Kendall, which is not it's not like, well, this was the middle of Little Havana. Right. Right. right? Um, but do you think that because we're a predominantly Spanish speaking city and, you know, there's obviously immigration yeah, is all, yeah. has everything to do with that. But because we're such a Spanish speaking city that at this point in time. We've just gotten so comfortable, and that is the norm that we've now left out people who don't speak Spanish. Because I thought about that furthermore, and remember a couple of episodes back, we talked about how second and third generation are not necessarily as fluent. You know, Latin people are not, you know, are you any more or less Latin if you don't speak Spanish? Right. So now you're not only talking about Americanos, you're talking about like second or third generation. It could be a son or a daughter of a Cuban or a Puerto Rican or Dominican or whatever, Colombian, fill in the blank, that doesn't speak Spanish and is not fluent. So do you think that it's gotten to that point that we're so comfortable with that, that now we are actually excluding people? Well, I've said th- I've said it before on the on this show, I think, which is, you know, I understand everybody needs a job, everybody needs to make a living. But I think also that if you are working in certain service industries, you need to be able to have a basic ability to at least communicate in mm-hmm. a situation like this, for instance. I don't think that you have to be able to explain to them, you know, what all the ingredients are in, inside, you know, the 7-Eleven donut, right? right? If, in English or Spanish, for that right. matter. But I think that if you're working behind a counter and you are dealing with the public, you have to at least be able to communicate in the quote-unquote language of of, of, of the store. Let, let's, let's not even say about the area you're in, the language of the store, because the fact of the matter is that predominantly everything in most gas stations, in most convenience stores, it is in English, mm-hmm. right? So we're not even talking about a situation that they're at um, La Vaquita or, right. or Betsaye, where everything is, you know... It's a Cuban it, restaurant. It, it's a Cuban restaurant. It's in two languages or so on, right? I think you have to be able to at least do that. Actually, hoy mismo, I went to McDonald's because I still have the, the little cards from the scavenger hunt. <laughs> um... And when I walked right up to to the register, the girl behind the register, I mean, she if she was 22, she was a day, right? When I walked up to her, she immediately said, like, si, en que lo puedo ayudar. And it's like, I get it. I mean, I, I speak, I'm fluent. But you don't know that. Right. 
right and then and then i proceeded to no and then i proceeded to hand her the card and she looked at me like if i had just handed her like you yeah. know moon rocks right but but I, I i do and and i don't know i don't think it makes me less of a, <laughs> i don't think it makes me a bad person but i do feel that there should be an expectation of at least you need to be able to function in english if you're working somewhere that everything in that in that environment revolves around a particular language right if you work at an Asian, if you work at an Asian market, mm-hmm. right? If you work at a, at a a Korean market, you should probably learn some Korean because chances are, or at least the name of things right, and terms and right, how can I help you? Right. Because you know. chances are, you're going to have people coming in who may be Korean from Korea that haven't been here that long, right? So you're putting yourself in a situation where you you need to be able to communicate with with, with the customers. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to for me. You don't have to have a conversation with them, but you should at least be able to understand. Yeah, because understand, I need gas. Here's my credit card. Because again, I I, I looked at this situation and I tried to see it from the outside looking in 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 a completely unbiased way. Mm-hmm. And look, I understand. You know, my parents are immigrants. My parents came to this country in their 30s. <clears throat> my parents still barely speak English. Y pasan trabajo. You know, 40 years later <laughs> after being here. You know, they, they try and they could ba- they have Your basic communication. Your parents are the thing. But, you know, and, and I remember my mo- when I was a kid, my mom cleaned houses for years because she couldn't get a better job. And I remember, you know, she tried getting jobs at stores and at banks and whatever, and she couldn't because she didn't speak any English. The language, yeah. Um, and then eventually she got a job at a bank through a hookup, <laughs> through somebody that she knew there. As we do. Um, palanca. Exactly. I love that in Spanish. It's palanca. It's lever. It's lever. It's plank. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, este, so, you know, I understand the struggle. You know, I personally, from my own right, family right, and, right. and upbringing, I understand the struggle. And, you know, especially when you first get here, you just want to work. Right. right? And, and and opportunity should be given to, to everybody and, and to everybody that comes. And they're hard workers, you know. They're very hard workers. But I also see it from the point of view of, like, like in this case, this woman came in with a very basic question yeah. about the product. That's what I'm saying. Right. And he was like, okay. He was like, I get a yeah. Like right. he was it's like not, almost like even, shocked. It's not even that she came in asking for directions to somewhere else. Right. She was almost shocked. And again, uh, you know, as you said, it's like if I wouldn't have been there, like she'd still be there. They probably would have waited for somebody else to come in. Or she would have left. You know, or she would have left. Right. Um, so I was a little bit like, yeah, I don't know about that one. It's it, it it's one of those situations where I you know it doesn't make me upset so to speak but it it does make me a little like guys we got to do better you know <laughs> so I have an assignment to our listeners oh okay oh homework so listeners listeners okay I have an assignment for you yeah. and I'm talking to you your mission if you choose to accept it we've actually talked about this here on the show this a couple the, of years this, ago I was like the but party? I want to make it official again okay tell me. How you say malanga, the plant, in English? Leave us comments below. I I don't know. How do you say malanga in English? I think it's... Well, we I, all know what a malanga is. I've seen it referred to as a malanga plant. A malanga? Well, I've uh, never... Well, I've, well, is, okay. is this equivalent to when people say yucca? Well, I, actually, I was going to say, it's, it's some, I've seen malanga plant, like the word plant in English next to the word malanga. So I have to assume that maybe it's just one of those things that 
people are like, oh, the malonga, you know. Well, the malongas <laughs> are very popular, you know. Oh, they love it. In the United States. Oh, they love it. <coughs> oh, my right. God. Lesbians in Connecticut love a malonga plant. <laughs> Lesbians love malongas. You throw that shit but in macrame. Are, malongas are everywhere. And I'm saying malongas. <laughs> malongas are everywhere in the U.S., right? I have yet to find somebody who can tell me how you say malanga in English. Well, you know if what? I went right now to a nursery, let's take this nursery in Connecticut. Okay. If I went to a plant nursery in Connecticut looking for a malanga, and I what went do I say? to the person, I'd be like, hi. I want a blank. I would have to like look up a picture. I want this. I want this. 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 This malanga. Because what I've found is like the... Uh, the like, na- real like name, the, the scientific magnumus, like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no planticus, no, no, no. See, you know, yeah, no, 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 that's not what we're trying to get at. I either. want to know how you say malanga in Spanish, like an English deal. How do you say it? I have faith in our listeners because one of our listeners, and I, I apologize in advance, I don't remember which one of you it was, did get back to us about the English translation from percudio. Yes, I remember what, what did they say, dingy. Dingy. And I I don't know if it's true or not, but it sounds good enough for it me. It sounds good enough for in <laughs> like, like, like it works. Right. Is such a great word. It is such a great word. But like dingy is not, like I, again when you say dingy, I I, I I know what it means, right? Like I, I see it. I, I understand My it. My only thing with dingy <laughs> is that it may very well be dingy. The equivalent of impercudio, but because impercudio has so many syllables, syllables. Oh yeah. It's just impercudio. There's more. Dingy's like, oh that's dingy. Dingy's like a little like it doesn't have a little bit of color, but in Pecudio probably has like un poco de olor. Yeah, because to me in Pecudio is dirty, it's muddy, it's wet, and like it's faded. It's so many things. It's in Pecudio. It's in Pecudio. Because in Pecudio, I think it's a notch above just sucio. Oh no, 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 no. Sucio is is fine. I think that in Pecudio is sucio y embarrado <laughs> junto. Don't you think so? Tú sabes cuando tú estás sucio, pero también te embarraste de pullover. Oh, my God. Impercudio. Is, is, is that... Is sucio. Is the culmination. Impercudio es sucio y embarrado junto. Impercudido. Change approved. <laughs> sort of like the spelling bee. Change When approved. I'm in. Like, the spelling bee. Done. Use the word in a sentence. <laughs> Impercudio. What is the definition? Impercudio. <laughs> sucio. Sucio, embarrado y manchado. <laughs> oh, we're throwing another one. Impercudio. You know what? Yeah, because you can be embarrado but not manchado. What's where's the worst origin? Havana. <laughs> Stupid. Did I say anything wrong? No, that's why. I Did love I you. say anything that's inaccurate? That's why I love you. Impercudio. Impercudio. It's such a great word. Just, that's why, I like, yeah. dingy. Again, it may be dingy, but dingy is like dingy. Yeah, I feel like impercudio is not coming out with your average because, detergent. Like, because, like, look, if Karen is telling her kid off in English, right? Sean, your sh- your shirt your, is dingy. Your shirt is so dingy. It's not the same thing of saying, no. you know, to quote Eddie Suarez. <laughs> what's the girl's name? Um, uh, um, uh, the character that he oh, made up. Uh, um, you, you, it's, it's, it starts with a Y, I'm sure. Uh, su, su, uh, you see, you see, uh, lady. You see, lady. Eso está impercudio. It's different. It's not the same. It's different. 
It is. It is. It hits different, as the kids say. Yeah. So, listeners, that is your assignment. That is the assignment. Assignment, America. (laughs) Do you remember where that was from? That's from America's Funniest Home Videos. It is. Yeah. Talking. Look at us bringing it full circle because that's America's Funniest Home Videos, which was eventually hosted by Tom Bergeron, who was also the host of Dancing with the Stars. And then when he left America's Funniest Home Videos, it's Alfonso Ribeiro, who's the current host of Dancing with the Stars. There you go. That was a great theme song, by the way. Stories from the friends next door. Oh, yeah. They never told you might be a star tonight. So let that camera roll. You're red, red white, and, and blue. blue. The funny things you do. America, America, America this, this is you. you. Dun, 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 dun. Do you remember America's Funniest People? I do. It started off with Dave Coulier and Arlene Sorkin. Then Who's it, Arlene Sorkin? She actually she passed away recently. Um, She was on Days of Our Lives, but she was also the voice of Harley Quinn. On the original Batman animated series. Then when she left, they brought in Tawny Katane with Dave Coulier. Then when they both left. This is a lot. Then when they both left, it was Daisy Fuentes with John. I forget his name. He was on VH1 a lot. How? I don't always say this, but how do you remember this? Because, I mean, I remember all this stuff, too. This is the crap that's in my head. I remember, of, like, I remember a lot of odd stuff, but this is, like, very... This is very niche. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why I remember all of Wait, this. Wait, Daisy Fuentes was the host of America's Funniest People? By point. the time it ended, yeah. It was her and... Um, I forget his name. His name was John something. I want to say, like, Fuselang or something like that, but... Fuselage? I, that's what, but, yes, but no. <laughs> okay. How, how long did that show run? Longer than it should have. Because that show was about comedians. That show was weird. Yeah. Because it was like America's Funniest Home Videos without the home videos. Right. <laughs> Which I don't understand how it worked. <laughs> America's Blank Videos. Yeah. Like America's Funniest Blank. I don't know. Like I, I, don't, I don't understand how it worked. But it did. It went on, it went on for at least five, six years. Yeah. So. So Malanga. Anyway. Yes. The Malanga. The Malanga. So. Moving on to something a little more serious, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've we've had the chuckles. We even <laughs> talked about America's Funniest Home Videos, for Christ's yeah. sake, you know. It's been a rough couple days. It has. Um, I think just globally, uh, you know, for, for those of you who, and, I, and, and if you haven't heard about this happening, I would love to know how, because sometimes I want to be <laughs> shielded from the world's events. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Israel was the, the victim of, of a surprise attack. Um, from Hamas over, I think it'll be a week this Saturday. Um, yeah, it was over the weekend. It was over the weekend. Um, at this point, I don't even know how many casualties there have been just from the initial bombing um, you know, attack. It wasn't even a bombing. It was it was an attack, a, a coordinated attack, surprise attack. Um, I mean, there was a music festival happening. There were families kidnapped. There were you know people killed. It was it was just absolutely. I mean, the definition of horrific, quite honestly. Um, it's just, it's interesting to me, and I don't even know if interesting is the right word, but, you know, you think of that region as always being in turmoil to begin with, mm-hmm. right? And then something like this happens and you realize, oh, no, it was not as bad as it could be. You know what I mean? It, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. And, and again, this is a region that I don't think anybody has ever been like, they're at peace. You know, even when things were good, there was still a little tension and on Tinder hooks. A lot of tension. You know? lot well, of yeah, I'm being, I'm being facetious, not facetious, but I'm being, you know, I'm trying to be a little less uh, cataclysmic. Um, I, I don't really have much to say, and I, and I, and I say this because I think I, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know enough about something that's been going on for thousands of years um, to have a, a very defined 
stance other than to say terrorism is terrorism. Innocent people are innocent people and they are ultimately always the victims and the casualties of somebody else's um, agenda. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself, I don't care where it's happening, is just always wrong. I mean, that I, I know it sounds very cliche. And, no, but, but it's but sometimes but, you need like very cliche but it's moments the, but, in but, situations like but this. But I think it's it's that's the bottom line here is, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, because, you know, Israel did this and Palestine did this and Hamas is not like I, I because I, I, I'm, I know myself enough to know that I'm not I'm not smart enough. To to well, I don't think it's, a, it's to a, have that nuanced conversation. I don't know enough about it. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. By when I say I'm not smart enough, is that I don't have enough. What? Okay, let background. me ask you this though, because I always like to bounce things off of you mm-hmm. because you know you are an intelligent person. You you're you're well read. What do you know about it? About the Israeli Palestinian conflict? <sighs> and and I'm asking you because because I am a history buff and I read a lot. Right. I realize that I have. A knowledge, not about this, about, you know, very specific things that maybe a lay person doesn't have. So I, I never like to judge myself against that. Mm-hmm. Not a, in, in a superior superior way, just like... You just never like to make the know, assumption. Just like there's a lot right. of things that I know very little of, right? Right. right. Um, what, do you, what is your take? Like, not even so much about this conflict. What What is your take or your knowledge on this region? On, like, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? So I, 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 I actually... Up until recently, I would even go so far as to say, like, I didn't even realize, and maybe I knew this, but I didn't realize how new of a country Israel in and of itself is. Um, I think it was 1948. So, you know, even that, again, because you you grow up knowing that this, as a region, right, the area, the Gaza Strip and all that. Levant. I'm sorry? Levant. Right. Has just always been there, and it has always been considered holy land. and it's always, So you kind of, I think, sometimes take that, knowledge and you just layer on you know the israel of it all and just kind of assume it's always been there mm-hmm. you know in in, a, in and that there's always been conflict and that there's just always been conflict and i and i don't think i'm incorrect in that assumption no you're not <laughs> um <laughs> even before israel i'm sure there was lots of conflict in that area what i have and, and again it's very limited my knowledge and and i say this because i feel especially now everyone's a quote-unquote expert and i I, I am smart enough to know that I should not trust... People's hot takes on it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I again, I'm, I'm that intelligent. I'm smart enough to know that. Um, even when I see it on things like, you know, the, the, the news or the view or something like that, where obviously these are people who do have a little bit more of a, 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 of a, of a briefing. And so they're speaking with a little bit more of a nuance than you would the average person probably would. Um... You know, so I, I can't say that I know enough about Palestine one way or the but other. But even people that people, even people that are, a lot of people that are are, you could say, educated in this, have a bias one way or another. I would say my bias is probably going to be towards Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, you know, you know, judge me if you wish. Um, I think it's just also because from what I have what I have read and what I have been told, and please do correct me if I am wrong. I feel like when we are when we're looking at Israel versus Hamas, and I and I keep referring to Hamas because mm-hmm. that is who attacked ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's that not, is fair. It, it, okay, we are talking about again, and this is not to say all of Israel is hunky dory, but you know Israel is very progressive mm-hmm. for a Middle Eastern country mm-hmm. specifically, especially it is, on social issues. It, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. social issues. 
and we're dealing with you know a group that is not <laughs> um you know progressive i mean something as simple as like lgbt issues israel is pretty okay with it you know i mean for, for all intents and purposes to the point where i've even read i believe that you know some like gay palestinians have sought refuge in israel uh, mm. because of the persecution so i i, I cannot say that i'm that i that i can side with hamas mm-hmm. because well I, I mean they're a terrorist organization feel, well, right, so, right 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 know. but but i'm saying but i'm saying i feel like just where they're coming from seems very very anti my my social beliefs um i don't know if that's the right phrasing for it so i would have to say that my my bias is a little bit more on the israeli side um generally speaking so okay okay um <clears throat> so i'll tell you a little bit about my knowledge or lack of knowledge about this situation so as you know well i mean you know me personally but maybe our listeners have picked up in 272 episodes i am when I say that I love history, I love history. I yeah. mean, I'm the guy who I've contemplated going back to co- to school to get a PhD in history for fun. <laughs> Not that I have any aspirations to do anything with it. What time do you have for that? <laughs> I don't know. For fun. Uh, because I love history. And the thing about history, I mean, look, you could say a lot of things about it that history was written by the you know people who won, the victors, which is true. It's true. Um, and... You know, knowing history is very important because history repeats itself, which is certainly the case here. Um, But even when you know history and you read upon it, there are certain areas that you know you're never going to know enough of um, unless you write a dissertation about it, right? So I'll tell you a little bit. When we were in high school, um, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Yitzhak Rabin, who was the um, prime minister of Israel, Mm -hmm. was assassinated when we were in high school. I, this, uh, this rings and up. this this uh, was all over the news. This was a huge deal. Like, I remember my French teacher talking about that in French class. And I also remember that a couple of years before that, there was a very famous picture, or, I mean, I remember when it happened, of him and Yasser Arafat, who was the mm-hmm. leader of Palestine, um, with Bill Clinton, that they had just signed the Oslo Accords. I didn't really know much what that was in my teenage self. I kn- again, I knew that there was it was important, there, but but I didn't really know. Like I was a teenager, I was like 14, 15 years old, right? I I didn't know. So around the time that I started college, you know, I I I've never I've I hate not knowing things, especially things that speak uh, pique my interest. And that piqued my interest because I'm like, why, why are like when everything, when anything, when anything happens with Israel and Palestine, why is it such a big deal? I wanted to understand why. So ever since around the time I was like a senior in high school and started or started college, I started reading upon this. And I have a bunch of books in my library downstairs about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, and I've read a lot about this. And by, you know, I'm not an expert by any means of the imagination on this, but I've read about this a lot. And when this happened earlier this week, there's a lot of people who have like kind of reached out to me like, oh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What are you, what is your take on this and all that? And, you know, anytime there's a, 
I feel that every every ever since we've had the podcast and like there's been social media, <laughs> every time there's a bail that I was out somewhere, people reach out to me like, what do you think about that? I guarantee you no one has ever referred to the Israel Palestinian thing as un peo travesado right. until but, today. but every time right. there's a problem right. that you know shit hits the ceiling somewhere, people always like tell me like, Oh, what is your take on things? Because I like to think that I'm a very rational person, right? I, I don't act, I try not to have these opinions on bias. I try not to be emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, try, I, I try to have a very rational view on things. And so the, that's something I take pride in. in. In addition to, you know, whenever I speak about a subject, it's a subject I have some knowledge on, right? I'm not like, whatever. Oh, you seek to educate yourself. I could tell you, as somebody who's read upon this issue, and I'm not an expert on it, as I said, but I have read something about it and have a very sort of, I would say, basic to above average knowledge on the historical aspect of this. When I see people giving their hot takes on what's going on with Israel and Palestine, it's just so infuriating because you don't know the history of really the trajectory really of this area of, of land. Because in order to really understand this, you have to go back. I mean, you could go back thousands of years because remember, these are two groups of people that believe that this is their holy land, right? right? And believe that God told them that this is their where they should right. be, mm -hmm. right? So aside from a religious angle, there's the political one. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I mean, you would have to go back to the Ottoman Empire at the turn of the, of the 19th of the 20th century, the fall of the Ottoman Empire which when the Ottoman Empire, I, I don't know how familiar you are or people are with that, the Ottoman Empire took up a lot of North Africa, Le Levant region of Europe. It was the, the Ottoman Empire and it fell after World War I. And when it fell, England or the United Kingdom came in and st st with France and started like, trying to figure out what to do with all this land and all these people of like different sects and different religion. And, you know, people have to know this history, you know, before Israel was formed in 1948, that area was called mandatory Palestine. 
mandatory Palestine because in 1970 in 1917 they signed the Belfort Accord which gave um in part the land to the to the Jews mm -hmm. but also the Palestinians were there so this was an area that at one point was sort of a British colony oh I didn't know. right before it was Israel you have to know that to really have a an opinion or, mm -hmm. or or an informed view on what's going on. And why is that important? Because it's important for perspective. It's important to understand the trajectory and the history that these people have in this land. And then what happened was that after World War II and, you know, the Holocaust and the displacement of so many Jews through the through different machinations of the United Nations, Israel was born, if you will, in 1948. And it's a very, very complicated history that I feel complicated things don't have complicated answers. No, they and do. You have to they do have complicated answers. I'm sorry, simple answer. Yeah. Complicated things don't have simple answers. And you have to see it from the point of view of like, if world leaders and different groups have tried to solve this throughout all this time and they haven't been able to, somebody's hot take on Instagram is not what's going to happen. In this particular issue, Israel was attacked by Hamas, and it was Hamas is a terrorist organization. I don't think Hamas represents Palestinians, right. right? I have friends that are Palestinians, and way before this, they have told me and they've shown me videos of what they call the Israeli occupation on how Israel treats them in mm -hmm. the West Bank and in Gaza, and I see they're hurt. I see where they're coming from. I also have friends that are Jewish and either have lived in Israel or have been to Israel and have told us that they live in constant threat of being attacked by Hamas. So I see that both people, where their fear and frustration comes from. So I, as somebody who I've, I, I've, I've never lived that, I'm not going to come in with a hot take and be like, well, but this person did this and this person did that. It's all bad. It's all bad. And here is really the point that I want to make across. You can be critical of the government of Israel. You could be extremely critical of what, how Israel handles the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and be critical and hold them accountable. You can be critical of hum of the Palestinians. You can be critical of all that. Fair. What you can't turn a side eye to is the fact that Hamas, which is a terrorist group, I don't think that Hamas represents the average Palestinian slaughtered all these people in Israel, people that were in a music festival. Yeah. Right? Babies. I think that you can say, hey, this is terrorism. This is disgusting. This is the worst of the worst of humanity that they have done this, that they have massacred these people in, in a music festival, that allegedly they did this to babies. They, they slaughtered families. You could be critical of that. And you could also say, hey, and you know what? Maybe Israel shouldn't cut water and basic services to Gaza because it's an open air prison, as they say, right? Mm -hmm. You can be critical of all that. You have to be critical of all that, right? And that's the part of this that 
I find frustrating that there's people that are saying like, well, but if you treat somebody this way, then they're going to fight back. But well, but we've been attacked. We've been under threat all these years. You know, war is a terrible thing. And when you're um, a soldier or you're called to war, you know, that that's very it's terrible that, you know, soldiers, you know, and people that go to war and are in the military can be killed. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there should be no excuse, no matter where you are in any conflict and on any side, for the slaughtering of innocent civilians. And that is my take on that. To me, anybody that slaughters innocent civilians, you're you're not on the right side of history. So I don't care what your intentions were. So what's my take on this? My take on this is that this is very complicated. My take on this is that there is, again, not only is there a religious aspect to this, this is a region that has been, you could even say, abused by the international community. Because again, yeah. before Israel was there, it was a British mandatory Palestine between 1917 to 1948. Guess what were the British doing there? Like why? Like why? Right? So and and it goes before that too. Like I'm giving the more brief history because, you know, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. could go back a thousand years right, right, like, right, right, or more, right. right? It's a very, very, very extremely complicated and multi-layered issue that does not have an easy solution. So to me, to me, the moment that you start using humans as, especially civilians, as, you know, human shields, you start slaughtering them, you start murdering Pawns. them pawns in the name of your cause to me you lost me and i know that that's not the answer a lot of people want so, you know i think that in this people want you to pick a side you know and i'm on the side i know this sounds very cliche i'm on the side of humanity mm -hmm. and again you could be critical of the israeli government and you could be critical of the palestinians but what you you can't turn a blind eye to what hamas did and that they're a terrorist organization, and they did what they did. And you know what? And you could be critical and say, yeah, and Israel shouldn't cut off a, the lifeline to Gaza because, you know, there is like, I think, three and a half million to four million people in Gaza. It's one of the most wow. dense areas in the world, yeah. right? So there's a lot of people there that have nothing to do with this. They're just regular Palestinians that are now suffering this, are suffering yeah. this right? And, and again, you have leaders and governments and groups that do these terrible things to each other, and who's stuck in the middle? Yes. Regular people. The innocent people, yeah. Regular people. But to me, though, anybody, and, and this is my hard line on it, anybody who tells me or finds any type of justification in what Hamas did, I, I can't, like, I can't even begin to counter that because... If you're okay with the slaughtering of human beings in that way, then you have to be okay the other way. Right. Because you know what? People say, well, but look at the French Revolution. And well, look at this revolution. And oh, look at this when people push back. Yes. But those were people that were either in the military or people that went out to either violently, well, not violently, but to bring something down or to like, you know, down with the king, right? Well, you know that, you know, the French, <laughs> in the French Revolution, that, you know, the resist, you know, there was two parties at odds, but right. these were people in a music festival. Right. I mean, these were people these at were their militants. houses, 
You know, the same way in Palestine, these are people that live in their house that now don't have water, a hospital that doesn't have any. So to me, the moment that you start messing with innocent civilians, you know, and, and the problem is that, and, and I'll say this too, all these hot takes on, on Instagram, on Twitter, on all these platforms where people are just basing their opinion on probably probably the most complicated and multi-layered problem in the world <laughs> yeah. um, based on things they've read online and based on other people's posts, you run a very, 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 um, you, you, you go to a very, very scary and dangerous place because the problem is that when you start reading that, you start taking sides in so far as that you pick your side and then you stop to see the humanity of the other side. And when you stop to see the humanity of the other side, now I'm not talking about the government. I'm not talking about a group. I'm talking about the other side. The moment that we stop seeing the humanity and the people that we don't agree with, that's when historically as human beings, we've gone down a very, very catastrophic and bad road. Very ugly. Um, so... That is my thing when I read comments online of people that I'm like, yeah, like you, you're saying something that an influencer or somebody else or somebody that you follow said, which I understand you want to get knowledge of it, but you can't have this, you can't have like a extreme or one polar one polar end of the spectrum. You can't have an opinion that is that to one end of the spectrum based on what you read online. This is something that you have to read upon, that you have to understand, that you have to know people, you know? Because again, I go back to the people that I know. I have friends that are Israelis and Jews and friends that are Palestinian. And they both told me of the horrors that they lived through. Right. So who am I living in the United States? I, I've never experienced what they've experienced. Right. Who am I to disvalidate what they have gone through, their lived experience, something that we are constantly saying here, you, you know, when it, re when it relates to the Cuba matter. Oh, you know, you can't tell me what my lived experience is. Well, I do that courtesy to other people. I'm not going to tell you what you should, you know, what is the, what's going on when that's not my lived experience. But at the same time, you can also call, you know, inhumane and terrible things out. Right. Right. right? And say, hey, this may be my view on things, but somebody who murders innocent people and slaughters them, that's never, you're yeah, never right. I, I don't care. Yeah. You're never right. So yeah. I don't yeah. know if that confused more people. I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, you know? No, but um, it's, it's interesting. You know, we're talking, obviously, about how these these world events get, people try to boil them down to hot takes and, you know, yeah. social media things. I just wanted to read something. I don't know if you saw this. Um, this post, it's been going around on Instagram and I thought it was actually great. Um, it says, I think the idea that social media gives everyone a voice has convinced us that we all should be talking about everything all the time. Not only is it unnatural for people to feel like they must constantly, A, have an opinion on everything at all times, and B, perform that opinion publicly, it's also often the driving force behind the viral spread of partial or total misinformation. 
The amount of half-truths that circulate the internet every time people feel pressured to provide their less than fully formed view on the latest global crisis should concern us all. You are a human being. It is okay to sit in the silence between Instagram stories. It is. And I saw that and I thought that was so perfectly well put. It is. And you know why? I'm glad you read that because I'll go back to one of the first things that I said in terms of myself. I've read upon this. I have. I could show you the books downstairs that I've read. It's mm-hmm. dozens of, like, probably two dozen books that I've read this about this in the in, in the last 20 years. Again, I'm in no expert in this. No expert. But I think I, I have a little bit more of an understanding than a lot of people. And notice that I've been very restrained on, on this, which usually I'm very vocal about things. And I'll go to and yeah. say it in social media. But I haven't. Because I understand that this is bigger than any understanding that I have. And this is... This has been going on for centuries. Right. So again, somebody's hot take over something they've read online, you know, you 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 can't you can't base your opinion on such a complicated and multi-layered problem by a few things you read online. Yeah, you can't you, you have to read, you have to educate yourself, you have to talk to people, talk to real people that you know. Diverse. People, yes, diverse, diverse people. Yeah, but that's it. Talk to people. Talk to different people. That's why I give the perspective. I have Israeli Jew friends and I have Palestinian friends. You know, and I, I've, I've heard, not now, like for years, I've heard them tell me and send me video on things. And who am I to tell them? No, that's propaganda that you're feeding me. That's their lived experience. That's that's. Right. You know, and, and, and I think about that too. You know, how how mad do we get? And we've <laughs> talked about this in 272 episodes yeah. when people give hot takes about Cuba. And tell us we're wrong. Yeah. How upset do we get? Yeah. And we come on here and we're like, that's not your lived experience. That's not what how you've gone through. You? How dare you? You've never been there. You weren't born there. Your family's not from there. How dare you tell me? Right? Right, right. So I'm not going to go give my hot take on somebody else's lived experience on one of the most complicated and multi-layered, you know, oldest conflicts in like humanity. Yeah. Our, our situation's only been over 50 years. There yeah. has been over 50,000. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but again, again, you can be critical of each side or you, or, you know, if your take is on one side, be Again, hey, look, I don't agree with what the Israeli government has been doing to Gaza and the West Bank. I don't agree with the occupation. I think they've made it miserable for Palestinians. You can also say on the other side, you know, Palestinians are are, are threatening us. You know, Hamas, you know, they say, well, they say that their goal is to eradicate Israel, that there's no two-state solution. You can say all those things and you're not wrong. And you know, it's your angle on it, but what you can't, can't without a doubt, turn your blind on, uh, turn a blind eye on is the inhumanity of it. You can't. So you have to call out an organization like Hamas. That is a terrorist organization, right? A terrorist organization that slaughtered all these people. You have to call that out because if you don't, then there is not much of a discussion. There's, yeah, there, you, you there. don't really have an argument if it's okay for one but not the other. You, you don't, you don't. So that's 
that's where I stand with that, which is not much, but you know. No, but I think it's important, and, and you know, it's something. Obviously, we we have you know we have our opinions on things, and we have our, our stances. But I think it's important to also understand when things are beyond you, mm-hmm. um, and and try not to just take. A, again, I think nowadays everybody gets very to build off of you know what I read. People get kind of pushed into like you have to take a side. Yeah, about everything. I mean, obviously, we're talking about you know Palestine, Israel right now, but about everything, you have to take a side. You have to take a side. Why haven't you publicly stated something? Blah blah. You know, and part of me understands that there's you know there. I understand the argument of like silence is is what is it? Is silence is golden? No, no, no. Silence is being complicit. Like if you mm-hmm. don't speak up against things, it's mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's acceptance and so on. I get it, but I also don't want people to just you know um, to to quote. A line from Evita, you know, or paraphrase a line from Evita, you know, I don't want people to say, you know, not say much, but say it loud. Mm-hmm. I'd rather that you reserve your your voice for when you have something tangible to say, you know, something genuine, not either a regurgitation of something that you saw. But you know what, I or, I, or something I certainly do agree with the concept of si- silence is complicity. But I think, but I think but it's I think not a one size fits all. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It's not. And when you have a conflict that's been going on for so long and so many people have tried to solve it or come up with some type of resolution and everything has failed, you realize that this is this is complicated. And it's it it's you just can't go in there and be like, well, but this is what it is. Because it's not. And right. you're talking about a lot of people with different takes on this and different opinion media. Just the just the religious aspect. That both believe that that is their land, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's enough. To uh, good luck, good luck. And you know, and as I said on my Instagram page the other day, I was like, and just like that, overnight, everybody became yeah. an expert on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and geopolitics. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you once you've mastered uh, immigration law. Right. It's the next logical step. Right. I mean, I had to work three years for my law degree, but some people got it overnight on Google. I mean, really, you just wasted your time. <laughs> I did. You and really a lot did. of money. <laughs> a lot of money, waste of time. You could have been out partying in your 20s. But, um, but yeah, I I honestly, and and I, I, you know, I like to be informed. I like to know what's going on, um, I, I just in general. But this is one of those situations where, I read every day what's going on. I take time to know what what are the updates. I don't need to see the pictures. No, no, there's no. no I don't need to see the pictures because you know what? It's not even the the ignorance is bliss thing. It's not even mental you know, health. It's, it, mental it's, health. It's, it's mental health. It's mental health. It's, it's don't mental do it to health. yourselves, listeners. Yeah, sometimes don't. sometimes you have to. It's not even about being selfish, but you have to look out for yourself because you could very easily fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And it really starts affecting you. And especially in this day and age that everybody has a phone and then there is footage everywhere. You know, I've seen some footage just in accident that it looks like something from a horror movie, like from Saw. Yeah. Well, the only thing I saw was, um, and again, allegedly, because I, you know, we don't know. The, the 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 authenticity of these pictures, um, I think it was like a couple that was in a uh, a car that had been bombed out or burned out or something like that, and they were just I mean just like they were mummified, mm-hmm. you know, that was bad enough. I don't need to see beheadings. Yeah, no. I don't need like you said. I don't need to see anything out of Saw. It's like it's really weird. Like I remember, I, humans are weird. We're weird people. Like <laughs> I remember, 
which is awful. Like some years ago, you know, the whole, you know, thing in Iraq was happening, the whole war in Iraq and all that. Yeah. Remember that they, there were some American soldiers that were kidnapped and. Yes, um, yes, yes. And the journalists. Uh, and were beheaded. Yeah. And you, they aired the beheadings and people would see this online. Like you could look it up online. It's like, they would why, seek it out. Why would you do? I know people who saw it. I'm yeah. like, why would you do that? I don't need to. Why would you want to see somebody's last moments in such a horrible way? That's somebody's son. That's somebody's dad. That's somebody's, you Brother, know, cousin, cousin, uncle, friend, nephew, you know, yeah. coworker, you know. Why would you see that? Like humans are weird, weird, weird people. Yeah, I don't need to seek that out. I'm good. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I mean, look, this is not something that's going to have a, a, a resolution anytime soon. I mean, the, the most that you could do is be hopeful that at least there's a ceasefire. Um, if you're somebody of faith, pray. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, sort of like when the Ukrainian war started, no matter what your take on that is, just the fact that, you know, so, and, and look, and they're suffering every single day in the world. I mean, there, there is. They're suffering in a neighborhood here. But I mean, just to know and see these images, it, it's just, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. It makes you feel, it's just so many things it makes you feel. It makes you feel like impotent. That Like, what can you do? Is there something you could do? It makes you feel angry. It makes you feel sad. Like, it's such a mixture of feelings that, that you have. Um, and then your heart goes out to these people. Yeah. You know, because these are people that were born into this. They didn't have a choice. They were born into this. This is their life. You know, they have kids. They, you know, half of the Gaza Strip are children. Yeah. Um, when they mean children, I don't know if it's five-year-olds or under-18-year-olds, but it's it's young people. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I it's do have a, I do have a suggestion because I was feeling a little overwhelmed earlier today. Just, you know, sitting kind of thinking about, just you know, the world. Um, and I just watched some Sesame Street. No Sesame Street. I did. Yeah. I watched some Sesame Street. Yeah. Made me cry actually because it was like, you know, that's oversimplified. But if we all lived on Sesame Street, you know what? Everything would be much better. Yeah. Um, I just keep watching Que Pasa USA Roulette. There's that too. There's that too. But you know, there's only, what, 29 episodes? 39. 39. So, you know. (laughs) It's 39 episodes, but it feels like a lifetime. If you exhaust them, then you can go to Sesame Street. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime. It does. We were with the Pingas for years. That's true. Well, we're still with them. We still are. We still are. Years later. So, um, I also wanted to bring up, you know, something a little lighter. Um, You know, (laughs) anything, anything could be lighter than this. But I think, you know, I think I don't pretend to know the solution for the Middle East. But I think that if Beyonce and Taylor Swift can get together, that's my last Gawi. Then we're gonna. Then we'll. we'll, Are we heading to our last? Then let's head into the last Gawi. Oye, mi gente, as caribeños know we need to stay refreshed cuando hay tremendo calor. <laughs> bueno, Kawi Lemon Lime Soda's got you. Since 1948, this crisp and refreshing soda has been helping us beat the heat. Kawi Lemon Lime is like uh, the taste of sunshine sparkling off the clear blue waters of Cuba. Okay, bueno, for Miami. <laughs> y con zero aftertaste, the tart, sweet, bubbly Kawi Lemon Lime is perfect. For quenching your thirst. Así que, what are you waiting for? Find the authentically Cuban taste of Kawi Lemon Lime Soda in stores now. Okay. 
strange. And let's so, into the last Gowie. So, well, it's... Because uh, I think we need to be refreshed after that it's conversation. It's last, last Gowie time. Yeah, it's last Gowie time. Yeah. Um, so, we're thirsty. We are. We're, so, well, you know. Listen, it's a heavy topic that yeah. we just went through. So. so, welcome to our last Gowie of the desert. Yes. Although, I will say, having a crisp, refreshing Gowie in the desert, it's pretty good. It, it, listen... It's refreshing. Pero tiene que ser bien frío. You know that. You know that I'm like Andre 3000. I don't yes. like cold. I no, want no. ice cold. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, you I know. Mean, you know que limón quita la sed. So this could actually really, really work in the desert. No, that's why I'm telling yeah. you. I, 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 We've said this before. It's not even that we're working with Kawi. It's a, it's really good. It's crisp <laughs> and refreshing. It really, really is. Like, people, it's crisp and refreshing. Yeah. Definition. You know? Um. So I was gonna get my last Gowie and you you jumped the gun the gun to it. That's not a good word to use. Oh, this I know. Week. I know. Um, to Beyonce and Taylor Swift, I was gonna give them two Gowies. Oh, okay. Yeah, give them a six pack, three or, three. or you know, they could take one and have two straws and make it an Instagram moment. <laughs> but the the reason I wanted to give it to them, okay, I wanted to give it to them more out of the significance than them individually. But I'll explain why. So. It, yesterday or this sometime this week, uh, Taylor Swift uh, released her Eras Tour concert film, um, and it had the premiere this week. And you know she was on the red carpet. Obviously, it was a proper premiere. And Beyonce went, and you know it made its rounds online. And um, you know there's pictures of them in the red carpet. There's pictures of them inside the movie theater, like throwing popcorn. That's cute, the inside, right. yeah. So Beyonce went. And Beyonce just finished the Renaissance tour uh, last week or two weeks ago. And Taylor Swift right now is in a hiatus on the Eras tour, but it's going to start up uh, by the end of the year again. The reason why I, I found this really significant is because, and we've talked about this on the show before, people just want to create shit and stir up shit nowadays. They just want to. And it's in part because of social media. And... You know, they want to create rivalries and they want to create conflict where there shouldn't be any. And there has been the fandoms, the beehive and the Swifties. You know, that's where we are in this world that, you know, you identify as a beehive or a Swiftie, right? That's just where we are. They have been stirring up shit among each other for years, right? Oh, but Taylor Swift won Grammy of the Year, and she robbed Beyonce. No, she didn't rob Beyonce. The Academy did, right? right? You know, <laughs> let's put blame where it, where right? it matters, right? And, right, right? You know, Taylor Swift can't sing, and Beyonce's the Queen Mother, or Taylor Swift, you know, writes all her music, and Beyonce doesn't write shit. She has, you know, fifty writers for one song, like all this stuff, right? This summer, in particular. It really heated up because both of them were on two enormous mammoth world tours that made, you know, each of them made like half of the world's GDP, right? <laughs> so it was ridiculous. Like the constant competition. Oh, because Beyonce sold out in like 0.002 seconds while Taylor Swift sold out in 0. 0.0002. Right. One seconds. Like, who the hell cares? Like, this is a way that I saw it. Both of these women were touring the world this year. And they went to, like, dozens of cities. They, millions of people saw them. 
people loved it. Like you saw people in Beyonce's concerts. You know, I went to Beyonce's yep. concert a couple of weeks ago. Just so happy, and there was so much elation and joy there. Taylor Swift concerts. You know, people were like jumping up and down, passing friendship bracelets, like all this stuff. These two women and these two tours brought people so much joy in a world that we are constantly saying doesn't have enough joy and happiness. There's so many things going wrong. There's so many things on the news. Why do people want to put them against each other? Why do people insist on creating conflict where there isn't conflict? The two women like each other. They're friends. They're supportive they of each, each other. other. They respect each other. Beyonce, that doesn't do any red carpets. Did the freaking red carpet for, for, right. for, for her. Right. Like, why do you insist on making an issue where there isn't an issue? So when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to give them the last cowie because people need to chill the fuck out. Like, here we were, ten, you know, a few minutes ago talking about mutiny and slaughter, you know, in right. parts of the world. And you two freaking are arguing over how, many, how much your respective singer or favorite singer made in their world tour like you know please they're at home counting their billions like you know no no so people stop it stop it <laughs> stop it with a taylor swift beyonce you know making shit where there isn't in it they like each other they're supportive of each other stop making conflict where there isn't any just stop it both of you stop it <laughs> both fandoms stop it so, so they go they get my last scowie. All my right. Last all right. Well, there you go. There you go. No, that that's a great one. That's a great one and I think again it's very important. You know, they've they're showing that it's like social media doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Because ultimately it's like you said it's fabricated. Yeah. And and they know what's real. And it's not like it's like Kardashian fabricated. Right, that they put something out there that right. is supposed to be real, but it's not. We right. all know right. it's that they, real. That the PR people no. did or whatever. These people, these two women, really are supportive of each other. Don't forget that Beyonce, back in was it 2009 when the whole Kanye West thing happened. That's right. You know that she, he took her award later that night when Beyonce won a video of the year at the VMAs. She let Taylor Swift take the stage. Yeah. You know, and at that time Taylor Swift was like. I don't want to say she was a nobody, up but and coming. she was up and coming. Yeah. Especially in the pop world. Yes. No, she wasn't even in the pop world because th- she won on country music, that but, award. Right, right, but that's what I mean. Especially in the she pop world. Unknown, she was right. unknown in the pop world right, right. Uh, at that time. And she was gracious enough to give her the stage to let her finish her her speech. So these are women that have always supported each other. Why are we doing this? Like, I have no clue. I have no clue. But when, my last, my last Gawi, uh I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, as we were talking earlier about Dancing with the Stars, I am thoroughly enjoying this season. And one of the reasons I'm enjoying it is because of uh, one of the contestants, Lele Pons. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She is a social media influencer, but she's also a singer. Venezolana, mm-hmm. but grew up here in Miami. And every week, this woman speaks with like the thickest Miami accent this side of Lucy yeah. Lopez. Mm-hmm. And it is just wonderful to see every week. Has she said bro yet? Or she man? probably has. Or literally. So she probably has, but I haven't picked up on it oh. because as a Miami boy, that's just how we speak. Right. Um, but I just love the fact that, again, as we end Hispanic Heritage Month this week, you know, I mean, you want to talk about representation. Like, it is a genuine, you know, she, and she's fantastic on the show as well. But it's just like, she's so unapologetically Miami. And as, uh, what um, I forgot his name, uh, the linguist, um, 
uh, Phil. Phil, that we had on the show a few months yeah. back to talk to us about Spanglish and the Miami accent. It is a real thing. It is a real thing. So, you know, and she grew up in Miami, so you know she's going to love getting a uh, Lascaui. Yeah. Oh, she will. She will absolutely love getting Lascaui. So, Le Lepons, Lascaui Lemon Lime is for you. And, girl, throw in a couple more mans and bros. That's my only request. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> like, super excited. Literally. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. I'm super excited. No, what's the other one? Uh, um, irregardless. Irregardless. Irregardless, <laughs> irregardless, I'm super excited that you're supposedly gonna win the mirror ball. Yeah, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Man, uh, you really should win that. You really should win that mirror ball. Yeah, <laughs> which now is called the Len Goodman. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. In, in honor. Anyway, everybody, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. As remember, uh, as always, remember to grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your kawi. And thank you for joining us so much this week. We hope everybody had a good time, and yeah. we'll all see you next week. And next week, I'll come with updates as to my birthday cake. Yes, we're very excited about that. And also this week, uh, Sunday, we're going to be at the New Era Collectibles with Bean Bampoyo. And again, as I said earlier, do not forget to look for the tickets uh, for the ticketed event at Shoujo's Dojo. It's a great sake place. We're going to be doing a tasting menu, only 25 seats available, so very limited. Yeah, well, 15 available as of this as recording. Of this, as of this recording, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. So, All right, kids. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.